With me, Brad, with me for usual, my boy, producer Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master of all things sound mixing. How's it going? Boys, we have a full house today. In fact, an episode I am crazy fired up for. Joining us first, the Golden State Beat Writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, a man who covers every Warriors practice, press conference, shoot, around, and game, and a guy who said he'd use the pandemic to become a DJ, but hasn't provided this show with a single beat yet. Mr. Connor Letourneau. What's going on, Connor? I honestly forgot that I had even said that because quarantine has gone on so long that (laughs) I forgot that was even a goal of mine. Um, So, uh, you know what? I'm going to make it a goal this week. I'll I'll get you guys a beat, and next time I come on, we'll play part of it. Do I look like Charlie Brown in the football? I'm not falling for this again, dude. Every week I look into my inbox like, oh, maybe DJ Letourneau has sent me and nothing. And I'm not, I'm not going to go back through that disappointment, man. But uh, I will introduce the other guest who's with us today, the Barian News Group's Warriors Specialist, the host of the Locked On Warriors NBA podcast, and someone who's become just so fed up with the topic. He literally hopped on Twitter recently and announced he is refusing to answer any more questions about who the Warriors should get with the TPE. Mr. Wes Goldberg, what's going on, Wes? How's it going? I'm joining you from beautiful uh, Miami, Florida, where I just recently recorded an episode of Heat Huddle, so now I'm getting Warriors Huddle out of the way. This is good. (laughs) Well, the only reason we had you on, Wes, is I got to ask you, who should the Warriors get with the TPE? I swear to God, honestly, <laughs> I, I tweeted that. So I, I, I tweeted that. And then like two days before I tweeted that I'm boycotting all TPE questions, I tweeted that I'm taking mailbag questions. And I, and I checked Twitter right before we hopped on this call. And I literally got a question about, hey, can the Warriors get John Collins with the TPE? Uh, I'm, I'm that, Just people read what I write and listen to my podcast and you will have all of those answers. I won't answer it every day. I'm sorry that I'm getting frustrated right off the bat. I'm setting a good tone for this podcast. Wes has written more about the TPE than any of us all, than the rest of the beat combined. So <laughs> if you guys want to know, I know I compete with the guy, but if, if anyone needs to know about the TPE, just type in his byline into Google and, and you'll find everything you need to know. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if you do that right now, what you're going to catch is a picture of Wes staring back at you with his middle finger up, because this fool is apparently not talking about the TPE any longer, and I respect it, Wes. Blanket statement, just to get it out of the way, Warriors fans listening to this who don't know my opinion on the TPE and I have not checked my byline, you're going to be disappointed. They're not getting Giannis (laughs) the F out. Done. But do you think yeah, the Heat yeah. are getting him? I feel like you that's just a little overconfidence because yeah. now all of a sudden the Heat in Toronto are these are these it's a un a, a known secret in the bubble that the Heat and the Raptors are now in the lead for getting Giannis. I don't know who wouldn't wanna go play with OJ and Unabi, honestly. <laughs> but um I I'm, I think that the Heat are putting on a pretty good um interview right now. I can tell you who doesn't want to talk about the f-ing heat and it is me, but I do have a question that is aimed at you guys. Wes, it is about you. So I want you to sit back for a moment and I need some insight. Connor, this is really aimed at you, but Marcus Maxime, I need you guys take two. So a little bit of background. 
I love Wes. I love his podcast. And very occasionally, Wes is nice enough to include me on the podcast. And last week, we talked about me joining him on uh, on the Locked on Warriors this week. And we were going to do it on Tuesday. And I screwed up. And I told him late last week, man, can't do it Tuesday. Let's do it Wednesday. He said, fine. And then Wednesday came up. And I hit him with another text and said, man, I can't do 4 o'clock anymore. We got to do 2. He said, fine. Then he hit me up with a text saying, what do you want to talk about? And I said, I have no idea, but I think you'll figure it out. And then the next text I got, gentlemen, was not fine. Bram, let's just do it next week. Something really important came up and I just can't do it now. So did I push it too far? Do you you guys think something did in fact come up? Or do you think Wes was finally just like, this dude, like too much. I'm going to have this fullback later. Connor, you've got a podcast. I've come onto yours. What do you think went down? I honestly don't know. I, I think uh, I think he needs to get his his house in order, though. <laughs> uh, Marcus, you think you stiff me? You think you stiff me on purpose, or we're going to hear the real answer from West next? But what do you think went down? I think he caught wind that you wanted to talk about the TPE and just cut it off before it started. <laughs> <laughs> All right, West, lay it on me, man. Did I piss you off? What happened, dude? Uh, I am, it's actually very embarrassing. I am super bad at like remembering what time zone I'm in and, uh, made conflicting plans to the, to the point where I was going to be driving on the road when we were, you and I were supposed to talk and I wanted to make sure I was sitting in front of my computer and doing it appropriately. Uh, if I was hosting the show and I also didn't know what the hell we were going to talk about. So I figured instead of just, and Instead of just blowing it this week, I'd rather uh, uh, use you at your optimum abilities next week when I would assume there might be more to talk about because this week Amazing. was kind of just a wash and I already had enough shows planned for this week on Locked On. So Amazing it was not. Response. Yeah. I'll have you know Very that much I, a- I, I got out my microphones, sat behind it alone, and just spoke into it for half an hour. I, and I had the time of my life, I'll have you know. It, it really would have been incredible. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> well, with uh, with my depressing afternoon yesterday in tow, gentlemen, we have a playoff prediction segment that I am crazy fired up for, and it's a little bit special. And here's why. And I'm going to give you some background that might not be necessary, but uh, it's important to me nonetheless. Boys, I have a competition problem. I am just overly competitive. Um, I have ruined friendships over video games. I can't play board games because I ruin it for everyone around me. You know, like when people try to do like charades or that kind of stuff, I'm always left out because the environment's going to get crazy, crazy awkward. I'm just bad at competition. But the worst I've ever been with competition was a few years back. Uh, You guys know I'm an attorney. I ran into a friend of mine I went to law school with in a case. We weren't even against each other. But suddenly, this person I had a professional and personal relationship with, we were in the same place, and we just got hell of competitive. And here's where I'm saying this. Marcus, Maxine, you guys know this. Connor and Wes are crazy smart. They're also crazy, well-informed beat writers. But what you guys do know and the audience may not is that they're also really close friends. They've known each other forever, and they now find themselves in the same professional arena. They are like... Me and that dude who I was just telling you about. So they've never said this, but I'm pretty sure there's at least an underlying competition going on between them. And I want to foster that competition 
during today's podcast because why not? There's nothing to talk about, right? So the Warriors are not in the playoffs, but we are in the second round. And what I've done is I've put together a few questions, prediction questions, both on the second round and for the Warriors. And to add some stakes, Maddie Stats is out there. And at some point, we'll come back with the answers and tell us which one of these two boys got the most answers right. And as a consequence with that, we will crown them our prediction champion and give them a free huddle t-shirt. Uh, so what do you think? Connor, Wes, you guys up for the challenge? Yes. And let me say that uh, even though we are good friends, uh, I am, I do feel competitive with Wes to the point where when he outrights me on a given day, it bothers me to no end. Like I'm happy for him. I'm happy he's doing a good job. I'm happy he's grown into his role, but it also bothers me because I'm like, dang, man, I got to be on my game. I, I can't be letting him outright me. I love you for that. I love you for that, Connor. I think he's just trying to psych you out, Wes. I think he's trying to be nice so that like you kind of lose your edge during this competition. Do you want to do you want to throw anything his way to uh, to broaden the stakes here? He's told me that before. Like he's he's been like, <laughs> hey man, you really crushed that article, and I was like, it probably sucks, and you're just telling me so I write it that way every time, and so I just keep writing in a sucky way all the time because you're telling me it's awesome that way. Um, no, <laughs> so you start playing mind games with yourself. No, Connor and I, like, like you said, and you said very good friends, but, um, even, you know, before I got onto the beat, obviously, but, uh, we actually openly talked about our competition a lot. And so we'll like go on road trips and be like, Hey man, you definitely won that trip or, or like vice versa or whatever. Um, it's a nice, it's like a healthy competition with Fran. I was like you for a very long time. Like I couldn't play board games. Like I'm not, I, I think like legally I'm not allowed to play Scrabble anymore. <laughs> And, uh, I, so it's, it's been pretty refreshing for me to just have a, a relatively healthy level of competition with Connor. Uh, that said, I'm going to fucking crush him in this playoff, uh, prediction thing that you're doing. So let's go. I am just so happy to hear that I'm not the only person the Scrabble authority had to send multiple, uh, sternly worded emails to. So yeah, man, I, I, I can associate with that immediately. And boys, one last wrinkle here and they didn't know it, but they're going to be in it. Marcus Maxime, we are going to show these gentlemen that although they cover the team, we know just as much about them. You guys are going to be the huddle representative in this playoff prediction. So we're going to get three responses, one from Connor, one from Wes, and then a joint response, most likely just from you guys. But if I think your answer sucks, I'm going to uh, weigh in and try to get you to change it. Those are the stakes. That's the idea. Here's our first question, Wes. I'm going to throw it towards you. Hold on, hold on. Do I get a free shirt? Uh, well, I mean, we're buying the shirts, dude. So, like, I mean, if, if by free shirt you mean the shirts that we've bought, can you have one of them? Yes, you can definitely have one of those. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Seems fair. Wes, right now, Miami and Milwaukee are in a matchup in the second round. It's already 2-0. Who wins that matchup and in how many games? And so this one's oh. worth two guesses. Two, two, you can get two okay. things right. If you get the series right, but not the number of games, then you only get one of the possible two. Gotcha. Uh, is this a situation where I just tell you who wins and a number of games, or do I get to like expound on my answer here? Either way, you can vamp a little bit. We're pretty early on, so we're not in a hurry. You can give us some, uh, give us some explanations. My elevator pitch. I think the Heat have uh, thoroughly outplayed the Bucks through two games, but we haven't gotten an MVP level performance from Giannis. That said, 
I think that's more to do with Miami's defense, which has historically done a good job against Giannis, even dating back to two years ago. Uh, I think that the Heat, honest, they're just a better team right now if you just subtract the Giannis factor, and they basically have. And Eric Spolstra has coached circles around Mike Budenholzer. I think the gap between Spolstra and Budenholzer is larger than that same gap between Giannis and Miami's best player, Jimmy Butler. And so I give the Heat the edge uh, you know, with the, with the two-game lead uh, notwithstanding. So I think the Heat win this series in six. And I'm giving, I, I really think five, but it, it, I'm going to give Milwaukee the, the respect one extra game. I'm going to say Heat win in six. Connor, what do you got? Yeah, I, I've been really impressed with what the Heat have done. And I agree with Wes that uh, Spolstra has completely outcoached Budenholzer. I think Budenholzer has kind of topped out in terms of what he can do with this team. I, I think it actually yeah. might be time for a change of leadership. I think he got him to that next step, but if they're going to break through and really win a title, they're going to need someone else. Um, so even though I think the Bucks are actually the more talented team, I think the, the Heat are going to win in seven. Now I I'm saying seven just because a lot is on the line here for the Bucks, and they do have the best player in the world. And I think the Bucks understand that if they lose and not only lose, but you know, lose in like, four or five games to a heat team that they're probably more talented than that could have really bad repercussions for their future with Giannis, you know, Giannis, you know, he's going to be a free agent in 2021. Does he want to stick with this franchise long-term? This could kind of be a make or break thing for them. So um, I think they're going to get enough together to win a couple games, but being down two up to a really well coached and talented heat team, I just don't see him pulling this out Marcus Maxine yeah I agree I think heat and six um I think the call out of Budenholzer not being coached uh or being out coached by by Spolz is a great call I mean I think this isn't new right like um coach Bud did a great job with Atlanta and he's just a great regular season coach when it comes to the playoffs he always his teams just kind of peter out so um, I think that should be expected and it's just, he's not the right coach to get them over that top. And I, I don't think they come out of this series. You know what I didn't like and the next thing we'll see if you agree. Um, so we've seen the back and forth of Yanni's receiving that question. Did you want to go out and guard Jimmy Butler? Um, and he says, no. And why'd you ask the question? The thing that bothered me wasn't that he said, no, I didn't want to go out there. It's that he didn't immediately say what Butler said. I mean, when Jimmy Butler pointed out that Giannis is the best health defender forever and why the hell would they change their defense because they you know, were having trouble in a single game, that Antetokounmpo didn't come out and say something like that or be angry or demonstrative would make me really concerned as a Bucks fan because what they need is peak Giannis to get through this. And if he's not even peak Giannis in a uh, question and answer session afterwards, they might have some problems on the floor. This will be the last time all of us provide a response, but uh, Maxine, do you agree? Is this a clean sweeper? Everybody thinks Miami wins? Man, now there's all this peer pressure. I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I have a ton of faith in Giannis. I feel like he 
is um, going to show up in a big way because he he's just an incredible competitor. And I you know I I I heard recently that he has this opinion that he doesn't want to sort of flaunt his status as reigning MVP, best in the league, until he actually wins a title. And that's got to fuel his fire because you know that he wants to do that because he's such a fiery competitor. Then again, on the other hand, I totally agree that I think Budenholzer has been outcoached. I was just looking at their 2019 um, run through the through the playoffs. And in all of those situations, they were just clearly the better team, at least until they got to Toronto. Uh, they never went down 2-0 in the hole. I just, I can't, I think that this is a matchup that they actually don't have in control like they did last year. And so, yeah, clean sweep. Let's go. Let me give you guys one that might be a little bit harder, a little uh, reminder and background. Wes is the beat writer for the Warriors. She does a podcast. That podcast is called the Locked on Warriors. The over-under I give you guys now is 25. Gentlemen, over under, how many times will Wes randomly tweet about the Heat and their dominance during the playoffs? I, I will answer for the huddle here. I take the way over. Uh, Connor, what do you got? Oh, way over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's already <laughs> tweeted about them a lot. I have them on notifications, and I always, you know, my my phone will light up, and I'll I'll check, and I'm like, oh, it's just a Heat tweet from Wes. I don't need this. <laughs> I, wish, I wish there was some some way to like make it more specific where I only got notifications from Wes when he's actually talking about the TV covers. Wes, instead of answering that question, let me give you a very similar one. Was Connor secretly rooting for Portland during their first round series against the Lakers? And you know, we're not gonna ask him, he doesn't have to tell us, but he's told us publicly a thousand times that he, he remains neutral always, he doesn't have a favorite team. But I know he's from Portland, man. So what do you think? Was he a Blazer guy for at least a week? No. And I will say this over under how many games of that series did Connor even watch? Two, and I'm going under. <laughs> I really like nasty competition. It makes for the best podcasts. A real question, boys, but we're getting back to the Warriors now. Will the Warriors use the second pick in the draft or will they trade it before the draft? I don't want you to tell me um, who they would take. That's a question for down the line. Right now, the only question is, will they actually use it at two or will something else happen with that pick? Who goes first? Me? Yeah. Whoever wants to take it. You go first, Wes. Uh, uh, they use the number two pick. Because I just, I don't, I think they'll be, op- they are open to trading it. I think they'll even be aggressive uh, scouring the league for options there. I just, it's easy enough to say, hey, yeah, the Warriors should t- trade back. Because they should trade back. That, that makes sense, right? But it, it's it's one thing to say that they should, and it's another thing to actually find a trade that's feasible and makes any sense for both teams, and I just don't see it out there. Could be proven wrong, obviously, but I think ultimately they just say, you know what, the number two pick's not that bad. Let's just go ahead and use it and do the best we can with it. Connor? Yeah, I, I agree with Wes. I, I know a lot of the national writers would disagree with us. Everything I'm reading is, oh, the Warriors are definitely going to trade. They're shopping it. And it's true. I mean, they're very open to trading it, but – I, di- I don't see an obvious trade out there that makes sense. And uh, ultimately what the Warriors want is an all-star caliber guy in his prime to pair with the aging core of Steph, Clay, and Draymond. And 
now is not the time or the draft is not the time to make that happen. They're going to probably need to uh, take whoever they can at number two and hope that that person can come in and make an immediate impact and then see how things go and then try to make a big trade around the trade deadline next year for maybe a Giannis or a Joel Embiid or someone like that. Uh, but they need to see how things come together. And also they want to probably dangle whoever they sign, whoever they get with the trade exception this summer, because that could potentially be an expiring contract. They want to dangle that so that they don't have to get rid of someone like Andrew Wiggins, who a lot of teams, A, don't like, and B, the Warriors see a lot of value in him and, and would like to keep him. So um, that trade's not happening for a while. The, the most the Warriors will do on draft night is trade back a little bit in the draft, but they're going to take a pick in the first round, whether it's number two or later. Well, that's – but for this, I mean, the specific question is do you – because I'm going to ask you later on if they trade back, what pick do you think they would look at? For right now, do you think they would make a pick at two? I think they'll make a pick at two because I think there's guys there that they really like. And I think given how fluid this draft is, it doesn't make a lot of sense if you really like someone to trade back to number six and hope to get him when you know you can just get him at number two. Marcus, I'm going to shift a little bit. And this one's to you because you're the only person in this virtual room who is close to my age. So the question to you is, does it bother you at all that LeBron James is balding? Because it's bothering me, man. Um, I, I've rooted against him forever. I recognize his skill set. But now that we're seeing him get old and like show some vulnerability, I don't like it. I, like, I, it makes me feel old. I prefer him just continue to be this like dominant force who I dislike. I don't like this humanizing of him. It's, um, it's weird for me. How has that been for you? Um, it's, I, I think the balding has always been there. So it's not as jarring. The gray and the beard throws me off more. Um, but yeah, I I think he should just stop holding on and just go bald and, um, let the hairline go. But I, I don't understand why he doesn't just color the beard, like the gray hairs in it just throw me off every time. I just feel like he definitely has enough money. I know he's known for being frugal, but you got to go in and just color the beard a little bit. Um, Can he do it now? How does that work? So like, I've got a beard. I've got gray slowly coming in it. And I feel like I've missed the moment. Like if I was going to do it, I had to do it before any of my boys, before you guys saw that the gray came, because now you'll know I'm coloring it. Like, is that, can you pull it off when people now know that it's already gray? Well, I mean, he's already tried it with the hairline, right? I mean, there's that funny (laughs) meme that says, what if I told you the greatest comeback for LeBron never happened on the court. And it's just a picture of him with his hairline from two years ago. And then at the time, and it's completely different. So he definitely had it filled in or did the spray or whatever. So I don't think he really cares about that. Um, But yeah, as a fan and as a person growing up that of watching LeBron and having seen Michael Jordan play a little bit too, like, um, I know the debate of who's better is, you know, a different podcast, but it's just weird to see him be, um, you know, not invincible. Like he, to your point, like he becomes human again. And this kind of like, Oh, like I need you to fix that immediately. Wes, I hope you heard me say it's not a debate because I was talking to you specifically. <laughs> I, I just, I don't, I wasn't sure if it got through. So I, I'm going to say it again. It's not a debate. I've been very, I I was fighting the urge to just scream out LeBron was better, but I won't do that. (laughs) Instead, answer this question. 
Houston Lakers, who wins and in how many games? Oh man, I've been like really thinking hard about this because um, Houston is kind of the anti-Lakers. They're the best three-point shooting team in the league. The Lakers are the worst, at least on teams remaining. Um, you know, I, I don't think Houston has an answer for Anthony Davis whatsoever. But all of Anthony Davis' point baskets are going to be worth two points, and whatever Houston can do is going to be worth uh, three points, and that is more. Um, and so I think there's a problem there for the Lakers. That said, man, like James Harden, he, he's so lucky that the Rockets won that game because he was so bad in that game of seven. He just he choked again as he tends to do. And I, I when it when it comes down to it, I just I trust LeBron so much more because he's the greatest of all time. I trust LeBron so much more than I trust James Harden. Um, and so I'm going to go Lakers. You said and I'm going to go. The greatest of all time? He is the, the, he's not only the greatest, but also the greatest of all time. Uh, no, who is now? I'm try, okay, no, I'll try to think. There was one player who was just like straight up gray like a couple of years ago. Like, I'm trying to, was it Tim Duncan? Was this just straight up gray at, like a couple of years ago, like his last year? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, Duncan was gray. <laughs> Andre Miller was gray for a little while. Andre, thinking of, yeah, I mean, he was just like, yeah, it was bad looking. Anyway. Uh, Lakers in five. I think that Houston could pull it off. I just don't see the math going their way because they continue to not show up in these in these types of series. So I, I have Lakers in five. Connor, who's the greatest player you can think of right off the top of your head? And who do you have winning this series and how many games? Um, Patino Mobley was super great. Good knowledge. Uh, I was just a joke and you actually had a response. Fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, no, he and I, 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 I like the gray, like especially when it's kind of like that silvery gray. Like I, I'm, I'm all about it. I think, I think that uh, that LeBron should embrace his gray. Um, I just have an issue with guys who like do whatever he's doing with his hair. He's, it looks like he's having some sort of <laughs> uh, surgery to try to regrow that hair, and it just looks so awkward. Either just let it go naturally, or just shave it, embrace it. A lot of people are bald. It's okay. So, wait, Connor. What what college did Katina Mobley go to, and where is his hometown? It's from university. He went to University of Rhode Island. Played played on that really good Rhode Island team with Lamar Odom. Uh, I believe they made the Elite Eight that year. Um, where is he from? I don't know where he's from. I think yeah, he's from like Jersey or something. You'll find out later in our bracket challenge. That's how he's actually in there. I, oh, really? I think that we are setting a record for the most random rabbit holes anyone has ever gone down during a podcast. Uh, but Connor, if I if you said it, I missed it. Who wins the Houston Lakers series? Um, I oh definitely the Lakers. Um, I think the Lakers win it pretty easily too. I think the Lakers win in five at most six games. Um, I just don't. I don't think that the Rockets have a real answer for. Anthony Davis, and I just don't think that that small ball game is is enough to beat a team in a seven-game series that has a really good front line. I just don't see that happening. This is a random one, and shout-out to Maxime for uh, for bringing it to my attention, but it came out this week that George Hill's pregame routine includes taking a sh- and in fact, he missed the national anthem because he was in the bathroom and it caught some attention to ask him about it. He said, oh, well, actually, I've always done that. There was a specific reason you weren't out in the arena during the national anthem. You want the honest truth? 
Yep. Okay, I take a shit every time before the game. Um, I've been doing it for the last four years. Which leads to this, over under 25%. How many players have taken a shit as their pregame ritual? And although first, I got to think it's like way under. Because I always just assume everybody craps at the same time of every day. Like, you know, you have that internal schedule. It'd be really weird to flip that up and have it as part of your pregame routine. But I'm not there. I'm not in the arena as you boys are. So what do you, more than 25% of people pregame? I'm going, I'm going way over, actually. Wow. There's, so there's a couple of reasons. A lot of players will walk into the arena holding a cup of Starbucks, right? And so that's a natural diuretic. So that can loosen some things up pregame. Um, also, when we're talking about pregame, some guys show up like three, four hours before tip. So does that count as their pregame? If they're like in the locker room, getting dressed, doing their warm-ups, all Let's that stuff. Let's limit it. Hour. Last hour. Wide. Let's call the it pregame the hour. Yep, the 60 minutes during the lead-up to, uh, to the tip. I'd, go, I'd still go slightly above, maybe wow. at like 33%, maybe not one-fourth of the league, but certainly, like, you know, maybe even higher, at like one-third of the league. But the other thing, too, and Connor, you know this, um, a lot of bananas in locker rooms, and I understand that that's to relieve cramps, right, or to prevent cramps, I should say, but bananas are also good for locking shit in, quite literally. So uh, that might be another reason for the banana, to, to limit uh, bathroom trips during the game. Incredible breakdown. Connor, do you agree? Yeah, it's, it's way more than 25%. Uh, <laughs> I think that their body clock and their routine is just such where they just naturally have to go around that time because it you, you don't want to have to leave the court or, or leave a game to go back to the bathroom and do that. And it's one thing to have to run to the locker room to go pee. That, that can take 30 seconds. But to have to poop, I mean, you could be out for – you know, a significant amount of time. And when you're talking about someone like Steph in an important game, that could be literally be the difference between a win or a loss. So um, I, I think they're smart enough to, to get it done pregame. Um, I'm sorry. I'm distracted by how entertained I am by all those responses and how seriously you guys took the question. That made me really happy. Uh, let me give you guys another one. And it's a Warriors focused one. If the Warriors moved down in the draft, what pick would they acquire and who would they draft? So this is another opportunity to get two points out of a single question. Um, Connor, you've been able to go second each time. Let's let you bet uh, lead off here. What do you got? Yeah, I think one guy that they really like who is not high on any mock drafts is Sadiq Bey out of Villanova. Um, I talked to two different scouts who had him as a potential top five pick on their board uh which is which is crazy given the fact that this is a guy who on mock drafts is is considered a mid to late first round pick but he he fits everything the warriors like they he's a he's a wing who's got nice length um and size but he's uh, a good shooter and, and a, a, kind of your prototypical three and d guy he also comes from a winning program in Villanova. He played with Eric Paschal. We know that the Warriors love Villanova guys. Um, and I think they believe that his ceiling is a much, is much higher than the average scout would think. A lot of scouts think he's just has the potential to be a good role guy in the NBA, like a rotation player. The, I think the Warriors think he can be more than that. 
And so, uh, you know, if they ended up trading down to like late lottery and the other guys that they really like, like the Denny's and the Halliburton's of the world are gone, I think he would definitely be the guy. Give me the pick. We're, we're talking like 11, um, you know, 13. Uh, yeah, like, like anywhere in the late lottery, like anywhere from like 10 to 15. All right. Um, Wes, I'll give you Can the I same leeway. No, wait, wait, wait. No, wait, hold on. I know <laughs> what, what's his case, like Sammy's stats or whatever his name is, is like keep track of this stuff. And Connor has consistently not given like straight up predictions. And I've given you very specific things. Like does Connor get credit for somewhere between 10 to 14 or whatever he said? Of course not. Of course not. He's just, he'll lose these points, Wes. You shouldn't be pointing this out. These are all advantages. 10. I'm saying 10. Okay. (laughs) And I think he gave us the other ones. To be fair, I I do think Connor gave us responses on the other ones, but he was a little, he was a little, a little flirty on the last few. We're gonna win. The, no, he said the Heat would beat the Bucks in six or seven. He said the Lakers would beat the Rockets in five or six. Like he's consistently given oh, me wow. a, a give us a blank. Oh, wow. so, I seven. I'm, I said I'm a, seven for the Bucks. I actually, with the Maxime, Lakers, where I, were you on this, Maxime? You should have been calling him out. The I mean, Lakers actually didn't give a number. Now. I'm gonna say the Lakers win that series in five. To be specific, too late. We already did that part of the segment. <laughs> Neither of you gave me a specific uh, percentage on how many people are taking this pregame either. I mean, it, it was really. It was a record, wasn't it? 33%. One third. It absolutely was. And uh, so we're going to need something specific from you then, it turns out, Connor. You got 10 percent And I, I want to know how you're going to get that information. Don't you worry about that. I have my uh, I have my ways. We've got a Zoom poll out there right now. Give me your take, Wes. Um, if they moved down, what pick would they move down to and whom would they select? They're going to move down to the Atlanta Hawks at number six, and they're going to draft Tyrese Halliburton. How's that for super specific? <laughs> Remarkably specific. Um, and we're going to go to speed round here because I've taken up too much time as is. Gentlemen, Clippers, Denver, who wins? How many games? Connor, you go first. Um, Clippers win, and I'm going to say Clippers win in six. Um, I just think they're a, a much better team. And I'm, on, I'm, I'm not convinced that a team that revolves around Jokic can make it far in the playoffs. I, I, I love Jokic, but I just think in the modern NBA, relying that heavily on a big man is just not – ideal so um, and I also think the Clippers are the deepest most well-rounded team in the NBA and I think I still think they're going to win the title so I'm going to go with Clippers Wes I think the Clippers depth is overrated especially in playoffs I'm not sure really how much you can play Lou Williams in the postseason other than last year he hasn't really historically been a good postseason player because he's not good defensively and he gets beaten in the half court um, always almost always and uh, I'm just like, what, Reggie Jackson is depth? No. Um, I just – I don't really see where the depth is on that on that team that everybody keeps talking about. Uh, that said, I have the Clippers winning in seven in a tight series. Um, I just think, you know, Jokic was uh, beaten often by Donovan Mitchell in pick and roll. I, I just think Donovan Mitchell is a better pick and roll player than anybody the Clippers have. Like, Kawhi is okay at it. Uh, Paul George is okay at it, but they're not at Donovan Mitchell's level, which is, you know, sounds crazy. But um, I I think Kawhi is going to have to win that series by just sort of getting to his spots over and over again. And I have yet to see Paul George be clutched the way he needs to be. 
So um, I think Kawhi is enough to beat. I think a deep what I think is a deeper Denver team actually, um, but it's going to take seven games. Give me a name, a player that you think the Warriors will ultimately acquire, but to make West not too angry, you don't have to limit it to the uh, TPE. So somebody you think the Warriors will bring in with either the mid-level exception or the traded player exception. Well, I said I would never answer another TPE question uh, ever again, and that said, I think they acquire Rudy Gay with TPE. Do you agree, Connor? I actually do. I think it just makes the most sense um, on a lot of levels. Uh, it's a perfect marriage, perfect time. I think it's going to happen. I'll take it. Um, I don't know how excited I am for Rudy Gay. We've said that in the past. I just hope he's still alive at the end of the season. He's like 85 or 86, although I will immediately erase this should he join the team because then I will become a huge Rudy Gay fan. Let me, boys, get this off my chest because I thought I was going to be able to move on, and I just can't. So it's a random-ass story, um, some background. Anytime I take a crap, I got to be at home. Like, real deal. If I'm not wearing the home whites, I would prefer my pants, which is one of the reasons I take a at the same time every day. I have to make sure I have access to my bathroom. But for the purpose of this story, we back up, I don't know, six, seven years ago. The Warriors are still playing at Oracle, and my nightmare happens. I don't even remember, like, eating something terrible or, like, drinking unnecessarily. What I remember is, out of nowhere, some portion during the first quarter, my stomach betraying me. And, you know, worst case scenario playing out. I had to not only crap in public, I had to crap at the Oracle Coliseum, which is just unacceptable on more ways than I can possibly tell you. So I go in there and my experience is what you'd expect. You know, go in, crowded bathroom, door closes. I don't see anything for a while. Then I leave the bathroom and come back out. It's weird because when I go into the bathroom, it's hell of crowded. When I leave, like open up my stall, it's completely empty, like zombie times empty. And I I didn't understand it, but it was what it was. I was in shell shock. I just had my nightmare play out. And I get outside and the friend who I'd come to the game with, who was waiting outside goes, yo, did you see that? And I was like, see what, dude? Like I was in there crap, like no, I saw the inside of a bathroom door. And apparently while I was in there, Mike Conley got sick on the floor and they brought him back, like the president with like a bunch of security and stuff, brought him into the bathroom, got everybody else out of the bathroom except for me because they didn't know I was behind this, the, uh, the stall door, and then allowed him to go and got him out. So talking about players who take shit, turns out Mike Conley actually had the privilege of smelling my crap, gentlemen. So I, I, I had to get that story off my chest. It's just, it's just been distracting me this entire time. Is that why he's underperforming as part of the Utah Jazz now? You know, I've sent him that email at least 10 times, Wes, and he just won't respond to it. So I think that's a yes. I'm going to take his silence as a scent. I, I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, guys, but I have to hop up. I, I, I have an interview at 2.30 with uh, Rick Welts, no so i got to hop off here. No, we, we appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll take this episode home without you, man. Um, for before you bounce, give us one quick thing. Where can people find your work? Um, I'm sure that they loved your content today and they need more. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron and then read my stuff at sfchronicle.com. I've been having a ton of content, even though it's the off season, uh, plenty to write about. So follow my stuff there. We appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks guys.
MT, can you tell me what percentage of the Bay Area players took shits pregame? <laughs> 33. 33. Uh, wow. Wes, you were right on that, man. Nicely done. We, we lost Connor, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to give you an opportunity to pad your, uh, your prediction stats. I mean, you know, he should have planned his day out a little bit better. Otherwise, he would have been able to field these questions too. So let me ask you this one. Do you think a punch will be thrown in the bubble? Oh, uh, no, I don't. I think that there's enough solidarity in the bubble. I think that there's been enough uh, trauma bonding happening in the bubble. And there's enough Draymond Greens not in the bubble that a, a punch will not be thrown. <laughs> Over under 15 hours, how much time will Robin Lopez spend with his nose pressed up against the closed gates of Disney world, wishing he could get in. Uh, over for sure. Uh, because he's not part of the bucks rotation. So they don't even need him there. He's just going to spend most of the game wondering when the gates are going to open up and he can go ride splash mountain. <laughs> don't you like, like in huddles or something, he's like, so are you going to put me in? Like, I'm not saying you don't have to put me in that. That's fine. But I do have some gate nose pressing to do. So if this isn't working so, out. One of my, one of my favorite things to watch in a playoff series, and you don't get this in regular seasons, right? But you get this in a playoff series where you have like in games one and two, you got dudes like 11 through 15, totally part of every huddle, really just trying to listen to, to the coach. Like, yeah, if you need me, I got like, I'm here. Like, I know I'm not really part of the game plan, but you never know next man up, et cetera. And then by games like four five, six, seven, they're like <laughs> not even they just sit on the bed. They never move. And to watch that happen is always pretty interesting for a body language person. Although one of the cool upsides I feel like of the bubble has been when the benches talk crap, the people on the floor can hear them, you know, way yeah. more so than was true before. And so now we're seeing so much more bench participation, you know, like people falling out of their chairs when other people miss shots, um, which actually leads me to this. And I'm stealing this. Uh, I, there is a, a guy on Twitter named Coach Maples. So I'm stealing this take from him. But what he pointed out was what the, the Clippers are doing on the bench does not match who I at least perceive Kawhi to be off the floor. Um, there was portions during that first uh, series, whenever um, Carter Williams took and missed a jump shot, people like Pat Beverly and the rest of the Clippers bench would like fall out of their seats laughing, like really demonstrably like, oh, he's so terrible. I can't believe he's doing that. Which from what I can tell is so diametrically opposite to who Kawhi Leonard is. You know, like that he feels like that, like the Spurs guy, the Toronto guy, not someone who houses their opponent, somebody who just beats their opponent. And it's interesting watching that dichotomy. And it'll be interesting to see if he wants to stay with them. If they don't win, he's on a one and one. And if their attitudes don't match up, I can see that being a problem. It could be. I mean, as much of a fun guy he is, um, I, I do wonder if he's like there. It's a little bit of a younger team. I wonder what like his thoughts were with Lou Williams, lemon pepper wings incident. Like that's not something Kawhi would do, right? Like at least given his brand. So um, instead he likes to just take games off uh, in bunches at a time, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Wes, if the Warriors do end up using their pick at two, who would it be on? Anthony Edwards. Um, I think that there's enough appreciation for his game and what he can do his his potential fit with the Warriors. Uh, and his upside that they would take him. 
um, defensive issues, uh, concerns are real, but I think that the Warriors have enough faith in their own ecosystem that they can, they can kind of weed those out. Uh, and then he's got real, I'm telling you, he's got real shot making ability. People like to talk about the inefficiency numbers that he had at Georgia and granted those are real, but it also means something when you're taking those shots and you're able to create those shots. And he's developing like a little step back, like Harden-esque step back game. He's not afraid to take a mid-range jumper. Like there, that is what shows you the potential for it being there. Just him, his ability to get those shots off shouldn't be um, underestimated and, or, or underrated. And so I think they'll be really comfortable with him um, and, and trusting their own ability to get the most out of him and make him into a multi-time all-star. Um, if he's there too, they're going to take him. Maxine, are you hoping for somebody? Like, do you like ball? Are you hoping for Edwards? Is there is there a, a dream scenario that plays out? No, I mean, part of that is my admitted reluctance to spend much time with the NCAA, but it's also reliant a lot on the people that do saying that it's not a particularly interesting draft. I don't know. It's just really hard for me to get excited about this much malaise. So, yeah, I'm kind of out on it. Did you know that Wes hates James Wiseman? No, tell me more. <laughs> Wes, well, oh why do you hate <laughs> Much like I, don't. I refuse to talk about the TBE, he's been answering questions left and right about James Wiseman. And I think I saw somewhere, no, not saw, one of his podcasts opened up with why I don't hate James Wiseman. So Wes, why do you hate James Wiseman? <laughs> uh, I just, I'm, I'm baffled by how many national mock drafts have the Warriors taking James Wiseman at number two because it's just not going to happen. Um, and, uh, it's gonna, and I'm actually excited for it because every mock draft is going to get screwed up after the second pick. Um, and even sounds like everybody, you know, throwing Anthony Edwards into Minnesota, that's going to get screwed up. It sounds like they like the mellow ball based on some of these reports, but whatever. I like, I don't hate James Wiseman as a player. I actually appreciate him and his, uh, willingness to stand up against the NCAA and the hypocrisy that it represents and all of those things. He's just not a good fit for the Warriors, and they know that, and they're not going to draft him at number two. And I, and and for some reason, every time I keep saying this, people keep coming back at me like, "Why wouldn't they draft James Wiseman? He's the next Kevin Garnett." And my answer is, "This is not your opinion. I'm just telling you what's about to happen." So it's not like I don't like James Wiseman, even though he's most certainly not the next Kevin Garnett. He has not ever proven that he's a three-point jump shot. It's not enough for you to take it. You need to actually make the shot. To me, he is much closer to Hassan Whiteside than he is Kevin Garnett, and I don't know that Warriors fans want Hassan Whiteside. If but he, I don't hate if Hassan Whiteside was still a member of the Miami Heat, would you be a huge fan of James Wiseman right now? No, I actually was never a fan of Hassan Whiteside. But like James Wiseman is Hassan Whiteside without without the attitude problem. The problem with Whiteside is, is he has an attitude problem and he can't pass. James Wiseman's problem is not that he doesn't he doesn't have an attitude problem from what we understand he just can't pass like that's still like he's he's not a passer and the Warriors like their big men to be passing big men and if you're not a passing big man you need to at least be able to stretch the floor he can't do either of those things. Last question: Take me through the final matchup: uh, Boston, Toronto. Who wins? How many games? Man, Boston looks so good, and they have. Thing that is why Miami is winning this Milwaukee series. They just have guys who can create their own shots. Um, so I'll say that uh, Boston goes on and wins this series in five. 
Wes, I really appreciate you, man. Um, we missed you. It's been too long. I hope and trust Miami is treating you well. Uh, and I know I'm not alone. Uh, everybody who's right now checking their phone for more Goldberg content, where should they direct it? They can find me on Twitter at WC Goldberg and then check out the podcast, Locked on Warriors, uh, and check out my writing over at themercurynews.com. Boom. You guys know where to find us. You want to reach out to me, to Marcus, to Maxime, to any of us. You can hit us up at warriorshuddle.gmail.com. Twitter account is at Warriors Huddle. We're on Patreon where we love you. Shirts will soon be available. And in a couple of weeks, we will crown the beat writing prediction champion. We'll bring one of these guys back and make sure they know that they are the greatest. Wes, we really appreciate you, man. Um, And everyone else out there, go Warriors. Hopefully, we'll see you next week. Good, good.